Welcome to Changing the Sales Game podcast on webtalkradio.net. I'm your host, Connie Whitman. Thanks for tuning in today. So as you listen to the show every week, I really hope that you feel my passion that that word sales needs to go from sleazy, pushy, and manipulation to love, care, and respect. And if you're not selling from a place of love, care, and respect, then my show is not the right show for you. I could tell, I could share that, right? I use the word love a lot. Um, and to help you shift your mindset, because I guess I get it, right? We beat ourselves up. We don't want to feel sleazy and manipulative. So I'm going to give you a tool that will help you show up more empowered with your clients. And it's my free communication style assessment. What it does is it's pretty cool, I think, if I say so myself, but you get a report showing your natural superpower from a communication perspective and how you're landing when you're with other humans, right? Clients, uh, bosses, whoever it might be. The flip side, I also give you a report on your lowest score, which is usually our blind spots. And we don't realize that we have a deficit in whatever that style of behavior or communication is. So if you're dealing or speaking with a client, that is in your deficit, you really want that report to understand that. So go to WhitmanAssos.com slash CSA for your free communication style assessment. I will put that is in my show notes. So don't worry about writing that link down. All right. My motivational quote today is by Johans Salamu. And Johans says, success demands we defy our imaginary boundaries. Now, owning and running a business is not for the faint of heart. My my uh, guests could attest to that. And I, I know through the past 20 years, there have been some lean months and others where I felt like I was the Midas woman, right? Everything I touched uh, turned to gold. And I have a feeling that most business owners don't necessarily take a monthly paycheck. Rather, they pay themselves when there's extra money maybe in the business or there's cash flow for that month. Well, my guest today is Amanda Bedell. And Bedell, uh, Amanda, uh, yeah, I said that right. Amanda owns BCC Business Consulting, and she helps small business owners write themselves bigger paychecks, baby, sign me up, and take vacations without cash flow anxiety and endless calls from their staff. Now, Amanda has spent 18 years in the marketing and public relations fields, working with multi-million dollar organizations and in the entertainment industry. Now, in between, she built a bakery business from a farmer's market booth to a brick and mortar and manufacturing facility employing 15 people. Um, her her in, intimate knowledge from scaling a business uh, merged with her marketing and communication experience creates a holistic approach to businesses. Now, her work centers around employee relations, efficiency systems, and marketing strategies. And I'm telling you, everybody needs a piece of Amanda. So, Amanda, thanks for being on the show. Oh my goodness. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This is such a pleasure. Always fun. You know, I love our our conversations. We actually met and I call it speed dating, but it was speed networking. What do we have like three minutes? And we were like, okay, we got to meet again. Like there was such a deep connection and we've, we've spoken uh, several times and finally she's, she was ready to to come on the show, which I'm excited, of course, excited about because you're one of my favorite peeps out there. Um, Let's start. What are some of the strategic decisions that business owners can make that can actually encourage growth? Yeah, what I want people to really think about when they're looking at their business is the 80-20 rule. You know about the 80-20 rule, maybe in dieting, where 
20, you can eat chocolate 20% of the time, or you look at your closet or your bathroom, you're likely using 20% of your clothes or those products 80% of the time. The same thing happens in our businesses. So we, 20% of what we do each day generates 80% of our income. With my crazy. Clients, I know, isn't that crazy? And with my clients, I even dig further and we times it by four to find the 1% that is generating 50% of your income. So if you can just visualize and think about what it would mean to your business if you found that 1% thing that is generating 50% of your income, how would that change your business? Uh, on speed, like it becomes an exponential growth, right? And lean on it, yeah. <laughs> and ends with less angst and anxiety and stress, mm-hmm. right? I love the eighty twenty rule. I share that all the time because, and it's funny, it applies to our communication too, um, right? When when we when we talk uh, when we are talking to people, right? In in our life, could be personal, or professional, doesn't matter maybe 20% of the time. So two out of 10 people we talk to talk just like us. They communicate just like us. They think just like us. They're wired like us. 80% or eight out of 10 times we're talking to people not like us. So think about the power. If you can shift how you're communicating. So you're hitting 10 out of 10 people where they are pretty powerful stuff. And that's just one skill, right? That we're talking about. So the 80, 20 rule is alive and well in everything we do in our life, everything. Everything. But then when we only so uh, put a magnifying glass on that 20%, that's our, you're going to love this, leads, right? There are five things that make up that 20%. It's leads, it's conversions, it's transactions, numbers of transactions, pricing and profit. So that's one takeaway for those listening today. Look at your leads, conversions, transactions, pricing and profit. That's the 20%. What do you have to do today? The one thing that you have to do today to turn up the volume on one of those five areas and you're following the 80-20 rule. Love it. I just love it. Okay. So you spoke, spoke about turning, turning up the volume. Now, how do we turn down the volume, volume, so to speak? It's a noisy, it's so freaking noisy out there and everybody's saying the same crap, right? Everybody is. And it's, it's maddening because your inbox is full. We waste time reading this stuff, but what's really relevant and what's not. So how can a business owner know that they're making the right marketing decisions? So they rise above that noise and really are able to stand alone and, and, you know, be a peacock right? Show their feathers. Yeah. And the messages aren't slowing down. So we're now seeing 10,000 messages a day as people in uh, who are active on social media and have a a large presence online. Um, You know, for somebody who maybe isn't on social media and maybe watches TV, it might be, you know, five to 6,000 a day, but still that's a lot. We're seeing a lot of marketing messages we all hate being sold to, but we love buying stuff, right? That's right. That's right. But we love buying stuff. So this goes right in line with what you preach, Connie. And it's, you have to attract your superstar client or customer. And that, how do you do that? You do that with your voice, with the messages you create. So to break through the noise and create a dog whistle like message, one that eliminates all other, all the white noise and stands up among 
the people who want to hear it and see it, you have to get down to the fundamentals of what your message is. And to do that, you have to know who your target customer is. And I know marketers talk about this, this target must customer, and it's all superficial. You're looking at demographics. You're looking at the picket fence. How much money are they making? Blah, blah, or do they have kids? Like all of that. Dig deeper. Think about what their psychology is and why someone buys from you that separates them from white picket fence, 40-year-old woman that has two kids. Like there's more to her than that. You know, so if you're just marketing to that demographic, you're only just scratching the surface and you need to go to the fundamental of what people do and why they buy. You know, and I have to share with you because, and you and I spoke about this in in our first meeting that you're marketing and I'm sales and, oh, baby, they're two different things. Beautiful marriage, but they're two very different things. And I'm not good at marketing, right? I, I, I know my messaging is off or whatever, but I don't know how to fix it, right? But I know sales. So it's, it's when, when you and I chat, right, I ask you a lot of questions too, because you're marketing genius, I'm sales genius. But here's here's the piece of the puzzle, um, and and I really struggled with this when I started the digital piece of my business in 2020 with COVID, Amanda, and and I kept hearing people say, "Well, who's your avatar? Who's your ideal client?" And I'm like, I don't know who's my ideal client. And they're like, give it a name. Who's that person? What do they look like? And I kept thinking, but I don't understand what that has to do with what I'm going to offer. Now, here's the funny thing. Two years later, a lot of conversations, but you're, you are actually the one who made me see it even with more clarity. In one of the conversations we had, believe it or not. And here's why. Yeah, isn't this cool? Here's why. The ideal person for me they know that they're good and they're making money, right? And they know that when it comes to sales, that they're comfortable, maybe not 100% comfortable, but they, they get it. They get the importance and they get their vibe and they're not, you know, manipulating, right? They're, they're my people where they're really coming from a place of love, care, and respect. They also know that they don't know everything about sales because they run their business. They know they're pretty good at it. So they, they know what skill they have. They know they have blind spots and they know, and you've said this before we started, um, right? You said, Con, I know I'm like there. I need to tweak that last little piece. They're the people that are my right client because they, they're proactively seeking what don't I know? So they're proactively looking for the blind spot. They find that I think sales, I think I could keep doing what I'm doing and amplify my sales skills so that instead of making $10,000 this month, I can make $50,000 this month. It's that tweaking. That's my ideal client. So they're, yeah, they're business owners and yeah, they're corporate clients and all that, but they know they're proactively seeking a solution to a blind spot they're not sure of, but they know that they're leaving money on the table. That's my ideal client. Now, are they men and women? Yup. Are they 30s and 60s? Yup. So all of that demographic was they're in business for five years. Yup. 20 years. Yup. You know, yeah. it, it, it's it that really, really threw me for the longest time, um, Amanda. And that was the piece when you said, think of the psychology, but my people have to be proactive. I can't force you to do something. And I don't want to work with people that I have to force. I want people to come to the table going, lay it on me, baby. What do we need to do? Let's get the pedal to the metal and make a difference. What am I missing? Teach me. Let me go and do it. Yeah. And for the people listening who are like, how do you get there? I have no idea. 
even how to start, it's have you met them? Have you met your superstar client? And what I mean by that is everything that you do with them is smooth as butter. They eat out of your hands. They want more. They, they're just there for you and it, it, they'll buy anything from you. All of the work is really easy. So put That's that right. person into the front. And if you haven't met them yet, do marketing or uh, networking and really try to find that. I call it chasing goosebump moments. Yeah. And it, if I feel goosebumps when I'm talking to you, you are my ideal client. It's not necessarily even my brain anymore that's making the choice. That's it's right. my body. I am like in line with and I'm listening to, is this person going to be ready for what I can do with their business? Because, you know, it's not just marketing. It's the foundational pieces that move them from, you know, 20 miles per hour to 55 miles per hour. That's right. Um, but it's each step of the way, you know, so we don't go 20 to 50, we go 20 to 25, then to 30. But are you ready for that? And um, going back to just kind of the, you know, envision them and they say, yes, put a name to them. But I say put a person to them. I agree. Even if you're a small business who is just starting out and has no idea who your ideal client is, who do you love? Like, who's your best friend? What do you love about your mom or your, you know, your best friend and the way that they are or your husband or your, your partner, um, then start to put together that character in a way that is deeper than the superficial. And you want to know what's also funny now that you just said that. So you make me think, which I just love. I love thinking, right? And being curious about a topic. And you you bring that definitely out of me, why I enjoy our conversations all the time. They stimulate me. But it's it's funny. Um the other piece of the puzzle for me is the um they're proactive, all of those those things that I said, but my ideal client is doesn't have my personality. So I seem to attract a lot of more introverted people, although you're not introverted at all, but people who are a little bit, yeah, a little bit, just a little bit though. Um, But people are the opposite uh, personality. And, and this is fascinating. And I enjoy those relationships because they, the people with, with a different personality or really a different communication style than me, they communicate and think differently. Their brain is, they approach a situation from the back door where I'm coming from the front door, vice versa. And I'm fascinated. So most like I was picking your brain before we started, wait, tell me that again. And what does that mean? And how did you use that with a client? Because your brain works differently than mine. And I'm curious to that because it makes my brain work better when I can understand, but my clients, they're always like, that was a really good question, but I needed to know that answer to be able to help them with their sales conversations, right? So having that different perspective and me being curious, it's again, that's another piece of the puzzle. Most people are not gregarious and high and I do have some high energy people, but not, um, not like me. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't want to work with people like me. Isn't that funny? <laughs> yes. No, it is because then it's just, it's oil and water, right? It's just like <laughs> you're, you're competing for who's in front and yeah. who's, or, you know, whatever it is. But yeah. you know, I, in, in my conversations with small business owners, 
niching is scary. And I know from being a bakery owner that feeling like you're leaving somebody out in your marketing, it just hurts. It's like something that goes against your, you know, inclusion is one of the things, one of my values. So it felt like I was, you know, not excluding, excluding, thank you for the word, (laughs) excluding people from my bakery when I, you know, decide to go gluten-free or, you know, whatever niche you decide for, for your business. So if you're a service-based business and you really work well with, you know, someone like Connie's ideal client, you might feel like, oh, but that struggling business owner that owns a construction company that, you know, just needs to put food on the table for their family, you know, you want to help them too. And just know that when you niche, it's about marketing, not marketing to everyone. So when you're marketing to everyone, you end up marketing to no one because the world is so noisy, just going back to the beginning of what we were talking about. And then, um, niching it's a, it's, you, you have a circle then of characteristics and there are people outside that circle that are going to see your messages and they might resonate. And that's when you'll start attracting other people and that's okay. You know, you're not excluding, you're actually making sure that it's easy for somebody who needs your product and you want to work with to buy from you. That's right. You want to make it easy for the client. That's our job. Otherwise, why would they want to work with us if working with me is difficult, right? How could someone increase their conversion rates? Yeah, so that's just kind of going right in line with that when we're thinking about the buyer's journey is where I want to go with this and making it easy for people to buy from you means that you as the business owner have nothing to do with your marketing message. Nothing. I know it hurts because we're building these businesses and we talk about them all the time, but the way that we talk about them doesn't help the buyer in their decision-making process. So when you put your customer hat on, think about the last time you bought something of significance. For some people, this is a $10 item. For some other people, it's a $5,000 item anywhere in between and above. There is a process that you go through in order to make a buying decision. Build in that process for your own customers. Instead of selling and creating a message that is about buying now, we need to bring people on a journey to learn more so that they can make the right decision for themselves if you're the right vendor. And you just said something that just, I really wanted to laugh really heartily out loud and I'm controlling myself. Good. There's no. Especially Let I'm it seeing, <laughs> it's so funny. I'm like, ah, 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 like how, how aggressive do I get with this comment I want to make? But here's, I, as I am getting deeper into this digital realm, right. And building my presence and all of those things. There are a lot with the viewpoint of seize the moment now, make it 
And it's a little car sales-ish to me, where if you leave, the, the, the deal is off the table. And I would never say that to a prospect. Well, if you don't buy from me now, the deal's off the table. What? It's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. So I understand marketing and sense of urgency, right? Because we don't want people to you know, kick the tires for two years and waste our time. I get that. But I would never, ever, I understand urgency, but would never say that to a client. Because here's my feeling. And, and you and Amanda, we've been talking for a couple of months now. And you, you're clear to me when we get this and I get this and I get this. You're on my speed dial, Con. You're that, you're that next piece. You have a clear progression. You know where you're going. You know when you're going to need my help, right? I have not asked for business from her because it's ridiculous. She's not ready for me yet. So why would I have a, well, oh no, the deal ends at the end of, of 2020. It's ridiculous. Know who's in front of you and they're your ideal client. Sometimes they really do have to get some ducks in a row. You have to give people that breathing room versus that sense of urgency. And I know on marketing, I understand the sense of urgency. Please don't be a sleazoid. Please, please just don't do it. <laughs> I had a comment. That was my rant. Yeah. And there are multiple reasons why people don't buy now. Uh, they're not ready. There's fear. There's uh, uh, financial constraints. There's uh, maybe they don't have the support that they need from their family or friends in order to make the move that you're having them try to buy into. Anyways, there's seven. Absolutely. There's a psychological one. There's, you know, I, I teach this and uh, there, you know, when we look at even going back to the conversion rate, uh, 95 of websites out in the world on the internet appeal to people to buy now. And to your point, just forcing that with that countdown of the deals off the table, if you don't buy it, you know, the 1099 thing, um, it's sensationalized and it's, it's a dying trend. Um, I think so. I hope so. You know, I hope so. Sexy marketing and these marketing technologies and the way to do things easier, faster, better. It, it, will not be the long game. And it's not a matter of it's what you need to know is this is a quote, successful people do what unsuccessful people don't do. Don't wish that it were easier. Wish you were better. Can I, and I have to comment on that too. And, and my listeners know me, a lot of them have been following me for a long time. So I told you, I have three coaches right now and people go, what? You're a coach. Don't, I have many blind spots, just like everybody I'll else, do. right? <laughs> you you got to be real with yourself. And it's funny. One of the coaches is a writing coach, Briar Morgan, good friend of mine here in Jersey too. He's brilliant. And I, I was sharing, I think with you, Amanda, before we started, um, we, every other Wednesday night, it's a late night and I exhausted, but I do it. And the conversation is so stimulating the writing and the perspective to approach writing. So we rise above the noise. It's brilliant. It's, it's truly being a thought leader and not following what everybody's doing. And it's hard. Let me tell you, because I want to sound like everybody else and I'm not like everybody else. And I've really, really learned through this writing coach and this writing class and the people in the class are just at such a higher level of thoughtfulness. And when I say thoughtfulness, thoughtfulness in business to differentiate themselves from the noise, I 
my my avatar has even become even more refined that I want people, like I said to you, I always enjoy our conversations. It's thought provoking. I really need that as part of my business now because it's a higher level of uh, connectivity and I really get intimate. And I don't mean that in a weird way, Amanda, but I do get intimate with my clients so that if we don't have that mutual curiosity and thought leadership at work and philosophical, there's a lot of philosophy. We don't have to agree, but I want to hear your thought. It helps me know you better. And then I know what your clients need to know about you. Like there's a whole science behind behind it so that that's another piece where I've refined my, my ideal person that they have to be thought provoking and not just, I want to make money, Connie, how do I do that? That's just not the client for me. And I know you're the same way. Yeah. That's how you increase your conversion rate. You stand out because you are not them. And, you know, too, when you said, I kind of want to be like everyone else and, and just, why can't I just put posts up on Facebook and make it look like this one person who has millions of followers and blah, blah, blah. And I, I got to tell you as a business owner, turn off the goddamn Instagram, <laughs> turn it off because you are not that person. That's right. If you want to be that person, then learn from them, but you got to put your own spin on it. And you, you, it's just, it's not going to be a magic. You turn this on and all of a sudden, all of the money and all of the clients are going to come to you. That's right. You have to be yourself and really, truly take pieces of what people are doing. But again, when you're doing tactical marketing, that which is social media, just that is not the way to wealth. It's the foundational pieces that we talked about earlier in the show of, who is my ideal client? What is my market dominating position? How am I standing out right. amongst all of the people that sell what I sell? There are plenty of business coaches. There are plenty of salespeople, but why would people come to me? And that has to do with the ideal client. And then also, you know, what you offer to people, but putting your ideal client at the front forefront of what you're saying will attract them, right? And and that's who you, but isn't that more fun to work with people who really appreciate what you do bring to the table and that you're able to appreciate them? Again, that's how the intimacy, the trust is built at such a, just a very deep level. And that's how you build your community. And I'm all about community because I want to be able to refer a million people to Amanda. And, you know, hopefully she refers to me and hopefully our people are like, you two are the dynamic duo. That to me would be the best compliment ever. Right, Amanda? So, you, you got to build it, but I think we have to build business and in integrity. And I see, again, I've been doing this just maybe too long, but I'm seeing a lot of people out of integrity because they're chasing the dollar and what everybody else is doing. And I really, you know, people that know me, it's got to be your own voice. And, you know, it's funny, as you were saying that, Amanda, when, when I do my training, um, on my workshop, one of the questions I asked the group, because I like engagement, and I'll say, who do you think or what do you think is the secret sauce to sales success? And I go, put it in chat. And you know what they do? They put you, you, you. So I say, you meaning you or you meaning me? And they go, Connie, 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 Connie. And I go, and you're all wrong. 
I'm not the secret sauce. I have the science behind and I can teach you the skills so that you could rinse and repeat and duplicate, right? But you're the secret sauce. You cannot talk like me. I cannot talk like you. I can teach you the skills each of you need to develop, right? That maybe you don't, you're not strong in all aspects of the communication, right? The seventh step model. But you're the secret sauce, right, Amanda, in your world. So that's interesting, too, that they they want to have my voice. Don't do that because your personality and your behavioral style, you can never be me and I could never be you. That's when it gets weird. And that's when we have we feel like we're failing all the time because we're not being true to who we are and, and, and our own voice, our own reality, our own values, our own alignment. All of these things that you hear, to me, that's at the core of what we're doing and what our business should be. It's got to be your your heart and soul that comes through, not somebody else's. You know, and I have to pick up on what you're putting down because really what I heard was a speech about vulnerability. Yeah. And I have to tell you, I fought vulnerability and I kind of still do. I like in the bakery experience that I had, I did not want to show the inside of my business from the outside. The place was seemingly successful. We had a loyal based customer base. We had a presence in the community. I was a face in the business community. It was seemingly amazing. And if I, I never let any of it out of the, the financial struggles that were inside of that space. So for, I just say that because I know that people who are listening are also might be in the smaller business or main street business or a sales business. And maybe you're thinking about whether or not a coach, like the coach wave is pretty high, right? It's coming up. This is everybody and their mothers are coaches, right? And I have to say that having the opportunity to have somebody that knew the inside of my business may have saved me in my bakery business. Yeah. I first didn't go to a coach because I didn't want to be vulnerable and show the inside. And I didn't want to break. I thought that if someone saw the inside, I would break. Turns out I broke anyways. <laughs> now, anyways. Isn't that fascinating? And here's the thing too, uh, Amanda, and I think you've done a real nice job of reinventing yourself. And hey, by the way, we all have to reinvent. I can't, I don't even know the number of times I've reinvented myself you know, through the years and each time you're just better, you're better, your soul is better, your heart is better. I don't know, whatever. You're just better. I feel like I'm a better human, right? I'm a little bit kinder. I'm a little more empathetic, um, but it has to start with yourself and that's not easy. So it's ironic. I, I wonder, not that we ever want to go back because that experience brought you to where you are today and your ability to help all these other businesses because of that. And, and I'm going to use the word failure, but it's not a failure because you learn so much from it. So it's who you are today because of that moment in time. And that's really what it is. But I like that. See, again, that curiosity in me. What if you had hired a coach? Could you have turned it around? Maybe, maybe not. But here's the thing. I believe we're all on a journey that wasn't supposed to work out for you because I think you're needed on a bigger scale than just a local bakery. Uh, not that there's not value in that. Oh my God. I love bakeries by the way, everybody. So send me cookies. If you want, I'll give you my mailing address. Uh, yeah. I mean, I love the baked goods, right? So it's not about being a, a small business owner in a town per se, but I think you're, you're meant for much, much 
bigger things. And I think if you hadn't gone through that story, you wouldn't be able to do what you're doing now. I really believe that we are where we need to be in this moment in time. 100%. And to be honest, the, the, what happened and what in the sequence it happened ended up becoming exactly what I needed and what the world needed and, and all of everything. Like it turned out to be great, but it was so painful in the middle of it. It, I don't think that we talk enough about change and the pain that goes like the, from letting go grief and pain, that's the in-between of change. Absolutely. Like here I am three years later on the other side. And I feel as though I can talk eloquently and, but this was not the way that I was even a year ago. You know, it was, it still was super painful. I couldn't see the future of what I was going to be and how I was going to use this experience. And I really needed to quiet down to build back up right? I needed to stop spinning, stop being so mad at myself for the failure and then mad at myself for staying for too long or all of this stuff, all of that stuff. There's tons of stuff there, but, um, and, and then there was also fear and financial constraints and all of that, that got me just like, go, go, go and say yes to every project. Yes. Just got me in this spiral of, uh, survivalism. And it wasn't until the pandemic for me, which was a silver lining that I not only got to get healthy, I also got to be quiet enough to listen to where the path was, where I was supposed to go. Yeah. And we're out of time, but I do have to share that. So, so I know the half hour goes so darn fast. That was so eloquent, eloquent, Amanda and and vulnerable. So I, I do appreciate that. I had the flu in October. I've never been, I don't get sick, right? So I, the last time I went to doctors, probably a decade ago, I go to my holistic doctor for my blood work to keep my hormones and vitamin levels and make sure I keep tabs on all of that, you know, internal workings. So I, you know, I do live a healthy life, knock on wood, but I got the flu. I was in bed for two weeks, Amanda, in bed, like couldn't lift my head in bed with, with headache and aches and vomiting and fever and could not get out of bed. My husband, I, we've been married this year, this, this month, actually 30 years. And he says, I, I've known you 32 years. I've never seen you this sick, but you know what the funny thing was at the end, I was able to, when my husband would come near me again, cause he was like, don't give me the flu. So we were, you know, he slept downstairs, the whole thing. I was quarantined to my room, which was fine. But at the end, and I came back and I said, you know, I did a lot of thinking because I couldn't do anything else. Normally, I'd still, even when I had COVID, right, I was still working. I didn't have meetings because I was coughing. It was it was really disturbing, the cough. Um, but I was working because I felt fine. The f- flu, I didn't. So I really had some downtime. And I said to my husband, I can't keep doing and this and this and this. And I went through. I said, I've been a crazy person. What the hell is wrong with me? And so slowing down really helped me speed up. But I, my body knew it. I, the universe, right? It made me sick with the flu. Um, I needed it. I needed to have that reboot of my brain and my, my, my heart, I guess, to some extent, because when you're on that treadmill or you're, you're on that hamster wheel, go, 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 go. We're missing opportunity. We're not resting. We're not doing the things that we need. Um, So you need to slow down and speed up. So well said. And I did learn that the universe forced me to learn that in that two weeks being down for the count. And I have never missed two weeks of work 
in my 40 years working, even with my kids, I was out six weeks. I was calling and checking on my yeah. staff and, you know, they're like, leave us alone. I'm like, no, I got to make everything right. So I've never been down for the count for two weeks to be incapacitated like that. So uh, what you're saying, I think is so valuable. It's really hard when you're in the moment to be vulnerable and really see what you need. And that's why I think coaches like you are needed out there um, because we can't see what we can't see, right? That we really do have those blind spots. Hey, everybody, I know you need more of Amanda in your life. I, I love having Amanda in my life. I, I'm lucky, right? She's, she's in my orbit. So go to her website. It's bccbusinessconsulting.com. Email Amanda if you have, uh, you know, questions directly for her. It's Amanda at bccbusinessconsulting.com. I will put that in the show notes. And also she has a free gift, which I will put the bit.ly um, little uh, URL in the show notes. Quickly tell everybody what the, what the free gift is. And thank you for offering that. I do love that. Yeah, it's my e-workbook. So it will give you uh, instant implemented strategies so that you can put to work what we had talked about. So it's those foundational strategies. There's eight of them in there, but you can fill out the workbook and you can implement them yourself. Love it. Thank you so much for sharing that with my peeps. Um, I love giving free gifts and tools. Again, you know, I started with, it's all about the application, right, Amanda? If if you don't apply something different today, you're never going to get the result tomorrow. And when should you start, right? What's the old saying? When should you uh, plant the acorn to build the tree? you know, 20 years ago. So how about starting now? And, you know, 20 years from now, you'll have your beautiful tree. So yeah, d- implementation for me is is where the magic happens. So the thank new, you. Yeah, the new one. Uh, I just got this quote. Um, oh, I just lost it. Shoot. It's uh, James Clear. Oh, the, the, love him. Yeah, the uh, atomic habits. So you don't rise to the level of your goals you fall to the level of your systems. So put those systems into place. What better time than to start now? Absolutely. He was on my show. He was one of my favorites. Um, yeah, oh. he had just, so this, just a re- another quick little tip for everybody. So he, a friend of mine followed him and he was a blogger and she's like, he just wrote this book, Atomic Habits. And I'm like, oh, I like the name. I'm like, I, he, I don't, I don't know him. She's like, he should be on your show. So I reached out and you get a link and it says you need a hundred thousand followers and you need to be in a million countries. And I wasn't nearly with this. This was maybe two years ago. So I thought, what have you got? Here's the tip guys. I thought, what have you got to lose? So I sent an email. I said, I see all your requirements. And I said, I don't fall into this category in this category. However, I, and I had read his book before I re- reached out to him, which blew my mind. One of the best re- uh, James Clear Atomic Habits. If you haven't read it, read it, man. It'll change your life. It's all about the small systems changes. But anyway, I put that and I said, but here is what my peeps are looking for and where my exposure is. And and I, you know, if if I'd be honored to have you on and but I, you know, I wanted to be honest in my my I didn't want to lie to you. 20 minutes, he responded and he said, oh my God, I loved your email. How humble are you? I totally want to be on your show. And I had him on my show. So had I not asked thinking app, ah, his requirements are off the chart. Now he could have ignored me. That could have been the result, but I had yeah. James Clear on my show, Atomic Habits, and he is freaking brilliant. What another brilliant soul out there making his Matt mark. Yeah. Yeah. Don't be afraid to ask. Don't be afraid to ask. So that was my last tip of the day. Yeah. 
There you yep. go. Last tip of the day. That's it. So Amanda, thank you. I love you. Um, and I love all of you. And I hope you will join me weekly as we question, build and discover together that sales is a beautiful thing, right? It's love, care and respect, not icky and manipulative. So get that out of your head right now. Um, and I do hope that my guests and I provide alternatives to that old way of thinking so that we really can build a business, build our careers, right? If you work for a corporate client um, from a place of, of grace and ease, not from that, you know, uh, what's that hard knocks, right? The school of hard knocks doesn't work guys. Um, so again, Amanda, for your brilliance and thank you all for joining me. Um, you've been listening to changing the sales game on webtalkradio.net with me, your host, Connie Whitman. I wish you all a wonderful inspired week. Please take a tip and I, that uh, Amanda shared today, implement and report back as to what the reaction and the, and the results are and use her free gift as well. Check it out in the show notes and uh, fill it out. See where you end up. Got to do something different to create the changes you're looking for. So thank you, Amanda. Thank you all for tuning in this week to Changing the Sales Game. Always a pleasure. And I'm truly honored to have you on this journey with me. And I'll see you all next week. Have a great one. Be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And while you're at it, please leave a rating and review and share it with your friends. Tune in every week for more exciting insights and strategies on increasing your business's ROI. And always remember, lead with heart and your sales will follow.